All right, let's kick things off as people begin to populate this space and as our guests arrive as well. Let's get the boring stuff out of the way. Hello and welcome to the USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are here for the next hour to talk USA Rugby, to get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby and more. Follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and most other social media channels. Tonight's show is brought to you by Myoderm, a leader in CBD products. Save 20% on your order with discount code EAGLES at myoderm.com. That's M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. Uh, and uh, let's get right into it. Uh, my name is Bill Baker. I am of Eagles Overseas, a host of the Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcast. And here's my co-host, whatever your name is, John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bill. How's it going? Good evening, everyone. As Bill mentioned, my name is John from Rugby Morning, and I curate the top rugby news from around the world and serve it up in a digest email just about six days, sometimes five days a week. And you can find us on our socials at Rugby Morning. All right, John, really excited about tonight. We've got a lot to talk about, something that we don't talk enough about, and that's uh, women's rugby, um, generally speaking. Uh, we do get it on the show as much as we can, but uh, definitely deserves a show like tonight. Okay, our next guest is a prominent presence in the presence. I say that right? Presence in the women's rugby game. Joining us tonight is YSC Rugby's Wendy Young. Wendy, how are you? Super excited to be on here. How are you? Awesome, awesome. Now, what do you think that first thirty? You know, they are fantastic. I think they have done so much for the sport of rugby in America, and I think especially for the women, of course, too. But you know, they're just a great group, and, and those were some hilarious questions. I'm glad you asked those. <laughs> You know what? It's funny. Is I, I, I'm trying to keep an eye on on Twitter and stuff like that too, because uh, uh, Pete Steinberg is listening in right now. Wrote uh, Kate and Rob should ne sit next to each other on the long flight, and Kate tells jokes the whole time. Maybe the, on the way back, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, uh, Wendy, thank you. We really do appreciate you giving us your time. Uh, before we you know dig deep into USA Rugby, let's talk about you. Let's talk about YSC Rugby. Uh, for those who may not know who you are, you know, tell us all about it, you know, how you got started and why. Yeah, appreciate the time and, and thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be on here and to follow those two guests. I'll just try to do my best and maybe I'll put my boots on the right feet and won't fall over myself. We'll see. Um, but yeah, super excited to tell you about YSC Rugby. It was a, a website that I started, you know, back when I was 20 and discovered rugby at the University of Oklahoma a long time ago. We've been going for about 15 years. And I, I started the site because, um, you know, I just started playing at OU and didn't know there was anything else. I didn't know there was uh, club women's rugby or World Cups or anything. Um, I had found the sport after playing soccer for a really long time. So I wanted to connect with other teams and I wanted to understand the landscape of rugby and how it worked in America. And so I just started writing about teams in the area. At the time, I played in the Western Rugby Union, which is, you know, the Rocky Mountain teams mm -hmm. and some Texas teams, Oklahoma, and then a little bit of uh, Missouri and Kansas as well. And just grew from there. It was definitely people wanted to know about rugby in their area as well. So then just started writing about everyone. And then in 2010, we we wrote the IRB at the time and said, hey, we're this little website. Can we go to the World Cup in England with media credentials? And totally expected them to be like, who are you? And they granted us credentials. And that was really our big, wow. you know, drop jumping off point where um, we got to do a lot of really fun things and and changed everything um, for us. Wendy, that, that's that's pretty cool. Besides uh, besides going to uh, getting credential and covering the World Cup and traveling there, 
Um, I'm sure you've got a lot of great um, favorite memories of, of covering women's rugby over the years, but is there one that's kind of like stood out to you besides that, that trip to cover the World Cup? Yeah, I definitely think, and I said the wrong year, I apologize, 2006 was the first one we went to in England, but uh, our, my probably one of my favorite memories is we worked with Alex Williams early on when she was a USA Rugby high performance, specifically with the women, and she wanted to stream women's rugby, and it was something that no one was doing at the time. This is, I mean, 2010, 2011, no one was doing it. And so we went with the under 23 team when they did their sort of like a Pacific four, but it was like a super rugby kind of thing where they played uh, England and South African teams and USA was there and Canada was there. And we streamed the whole event. We spent a week, two weeks in Santa Barbara and it was gorgeous weather. And um, I've told this story a hundred times, but we needed really good internet. And at that time, like streaming across, uh, you know, Wi-Fi just what didn't exist. And so we bribed the dorm, um, the guy at the front of the dorm, like the resident, to let us open the window and run 300 feet of cable <laughs> from his window and his Wi-Fi router out the window to the where we were shooting. And we shot the whole tournament there. And every morning we woke up and went, oh, man, did somebody trip on the wire? Is it going to work today? And it worked every single day. It was amazing. It was so fun. <laughs> that is a, that's an awesome story. Uh, and just the ingenuity and just be like, hey, we got to figure this out. This is where we got to do it. Um, that's, that's crazy to see how things, how far things have come. So I guess yeah, looking back since, since 2006, when you started covering and doing it on your own, have you, have you seen a change in coverage? More, is there more interest, more media coverage in the women's game from your point of view? Oh, absolutely. I think, and I think really what I think the turning point was, is when we realized that these players are people and they have lives. And, you know, I think um, really just trying to understand what they did to get to where they were. So thinking back to, you know, the first couple of players that went to Chula Vista and were professional players. And, um, you know, at the time we didn't know their names, we didn't know who they were. And then we slowly learned who they were and, um, and, and got to learn more about them. And I think that's really when the journalism's changed to these are people and we can tell their stories. And that's how we fall in love. It's the same thing as like the Olympic highlight packages, right? We started kind of doing that for our players mm -hmm. um, and, and individual journalists started doing it. And that really was where the following came from. I mean, I remember that, you know, that the, the first World Cup we went to in 2006, um, the press box was probably eight to 10 people and mostly UK people. We were the only American reporters there that I'm aware of. Um, and, you know, now going to Paris, um, the press box was 20 to 30 people. And then we were lucky to get credentials. Um, they almost didn't give them to us because they were trying to give them to the big the big dogs that wanted to be there, you know. Um, but we kind of fought for it and we're like, we've been here since the beginning. You know, we deserve this. Um, and then now in going to New Zealand, I think this is going to be even though it's on a, a, an island that um, is very well known for its rugby, but is very far away. Um, you know, they're expecting to sell out um, and have 20,000 people at the first New Zealand Australia match, the first, the host match, right? Wow. Um, so that's not breaking all the records for women's rugby because the 29,000 is the Barbarians match, um, mm -hmm. but it's getting close. Um, so that's really exciting. So I think it's definitely grown and changed for sure. Are you going? Yes, we are. I'm super excited. My my wife is my silent kind of partner wow. in this, and we're going um, for October 20th to the 31st. So we're going to go for quarterfinals and go see USA play Canada. Such a bummer to go 15 hours, and we're just going to see them play Canada. But it'll be a really good match, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to see some of the others. And yeah, we'll be um, broadcasting and and you know be on our socials. We'll also have our son there, so Cole will be with us, and oh, he nice. is a you know, uh, a, a budding commentator. So he's really excited to talk about rugby all the time. Well, I, I've been um, hinting to Rob that I should be on the plane also, but he never got the, or the budget. 
go on. <laughs> that ticket's in the mail, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says flight and hotel will give you a ticket. Like, oh, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's let's talk about the World Cup, Wendy. You know, um, and this is like deep deep thoughts here. Okay, so let's go back a bit. We all know that USA won the inaugural World Cup in '91. Um, made it to a handful of World Cup finals after. Amazing. Um, you know, but early on, no Australian teams, Scotland, Ireland, et cetera. Australian didn't even play in the first World Cup in, until, I think, 98. Uh, but I don't believe USA's skills have diminished. I think it's more about the rest of the world catching up uh, with their women's programs. Do you think that would be an accurate statement? I think so, especially in the last couple of years. I mean, we've just seen Wales do it. We've seen Scotland's got some semi-professional players. Um, yeah. I think USA, like Rob and Kate were saying, have done – fantastic and their their ability to be consistent over the years like you said they won in 91 and then they've been in that fifth to sixth kind of seventh realm um getting to those quarterfinals consistently i don't think you know our men's team can't even talk about that at this point but i think watching england go fully professional and really i mean clearly putting their uh, resources behind that team 25 wins regardless of gender it's the most wins of any test team in the world is just fantastic and then watching all of the teams after the Six Nations over there in UK, everybody but Ireland is pretty much gone, professional or semi-professional. Um, the world, the gap is getting bigger between the lower countries, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got to get funding and get caught up. Everybody does. Yeah, Wendy, talking a little bit about um, this World Cup, which is crazy, it's only two weeks away, really. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I think there's there's a there's a handful of contenders, right, um, of, of nations that that have the shot there. Would you say the Red Roses are the the the, the pole leader, if you will, to to, um, to to win the championship, or do you think there are some other teams that can challenge England on a, on a good day and give them a good test and knock them off? Yeah, this is really tough. I think England is showing that they are top of the class right now. They've got great players. I mean, we just saw some. Uh, you know, Natasha Mohunt not even getting on the squad, and she's been to how many World Cups? Like. You know, they're taking just people that have 50, 60 caps, 80 caps, 100 caps. It's fantastic. And the uh, the depth of their bench and the experience is very intimidating. So I feel like they're in the pole position, but I would not count New Zealand out. I mean, we just saw Wayne Smith on social media saying, oh, we're just going for the experience. It's going to be great to host it at our home thing. And, you know, he's definitely playing mind games. Um, they could pull it out. They've They've won the most World Cups out of anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you can't count out Canada, France, even – I would say Fiji is just a wild card out there right now. They're really kind of tearing it up and, and making people think twice about them. Hey, uh, let me jump in. Just speaking of Fiji, um, Wendy, a bit under the radar news was uh, Wasale uh, Sarevi's daughter, um, Azinate, I believe is how you say her name, who's now playing for Fiji. I mean, she's already made an appearance for Fiji this year, but uh, and I know she's playing against Canada tomorrow. Uh, she made her debut for USA back in 2016 against Canada. Uh, anyway, we know about Lottie Klopp switching uh, to USA. Are you aware of many other players in world rugby doing the same thing, switching allegiances? There's been a couple. I wouldn't say it's been a rash since that new guideline came into place, but there's been a couple that I, you know, um, there's an England player, I can't think of who it is now, that's also done it uh, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's something for playing for your home country. And I, I also think of Natalie Marchino, who, you know, was a USA 7s and 15s player for, year, for years, but wanted to play in the Olympics. And so she went and played in Colombia and really bolstered that team and, and led them and, and really kind of got them on the map. And I think there's just something for wearing your home your home team and that, that crest on your, on your Jersey. Not to change games here a little bit, but uh, you know, Rob and Kate, they talked, I'm talking about the, the USA women's 
Eagles roster for this year. They talked about the youth. And, you know, one of the things that, that I'm thinking back to in, in terms of pathways, right, that lead up to the national team, but, but college rugby, right? So, you know, women's rugby is an NCAA uh, emerging sport. I believe there are currently 30 varsity programs. And I think once that number hits 40, then the process can begin for them to, to reach full NCAA uh, championship uh, status. Um, quick shout out to Jackie Finland at the Rugby Breakdown for that quick explainer. But so you right, you've got you've got you know the Naira, you've got NCR, you've got CRAA. It all kind of sounds confusing to me. Is that you know is that part is that part of the overall issue with with rugby at the collegiate level? Can this be simplified, or is this too big of a question for you to answer in the next five minutes? <laughs> It's. I mean, it's definitely a tough one, and I, I absolutely agree. Jackie deserves so much credit here. I also will write about the college game, but not as much because it frankly is confusing. And I don't know what the solution is there. Um, you know, it's it's a tough one. I, I think more people playing rugby is better, and I do like the you know the push to go to forty is for the NCAA is I think absolutely the right direction to go. And I think we'll see a lot of teams when that kind of happens, they'll start to kind of fold into that. But then the National College Rugby you know, Conference is really kind of filling a hole where those small college programs can um, have a schedule and have a championship and play appropriate leveled teams. Um, so I definitely think there's you know two levels that could be around three, I think, is where this gets a little confusing. And especially the nothing against the CRAAA, I think they're doing fantastic things, too. But that's where I think we've got just a little bit of confusion of who's in D1 Elite and who's in Nero D1. You know, it's definitely confusing. You know, let's jump overseas real quick, Wendy. Uh, let's talk Premier 15s. Uh, again, uh, Coach Steinberg tweeted a while ago about watching Premier 15s, and I agree with him. He, he thinks uh, watching it is more fun than watching Premiership. Uh, I love it. I love watching these matches. Uh, have you had a chance to watch a lot of them? And it seems like they're picking up. There'll be more and more of these games on on YouTube, at least, or streamed live. Yeah, I really enjoy watching the Prem, um, for sure. Even right now, they're having their their cup competition where they're playing without a lot of their World Cup players, and so they're still playing. And we've had some really exciting games um, you know, with uh, some of the, you know, Worcester doing really well and, and upsetting uh, one team, you could say. So I think it's a really exciting. I'm excited that they stream um, two, almost two games a, a week. They generally do one for sure and then two or three a week. And I mean, it's also really cool to watch our USA players over there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, of course, love watching all the Poppy Cleals and, and all those players and Marley Packer and, and uh, Jasmine Joyce, like love them. But, you know, I mean, I could turn on the TV and watch Nick James smash somebody and hope Rogers <laughs> run over somebody and score her 85th try of the tournament. Like, OK, um, yeah, it's really exciting. And um, it's good to see them also getting some more sponsorship and, and support as well. And the league has become so successful, and now you're hearing we're hearing talk about them trying to limit the non-English eligible players. So, you know, it w- it would seem that having the USA players, Canadian players, Scottish, et cetera, is actually what makes this league as competitive as it is, and actually directly helps uh, the English players to get them ready for a World Cup, whatever else. Uh, what are your feelings on that kind of deal where they might limit the non-England players? I hope they don't. I think what, you know, what Exeter has done where they've brought in, you know, South Africans and French players and USA Americans. I mean, yeah, she's picking the best of the best. And I think that is exactly what the league should be about. 
Um, and, and, you know, and you look at all the Wales players, everybody that was selected for the World Cup plays in the Prem. But it's because at home their club rugby is there, but it's just not quite at the right level it needs to be. And like Kate was saying, the WPL, they get eight games in the WPL. You know, and then they have championships, so you might get to 10. Uh, but you can't say no to 40 games and that development um, and the curve of how quickly you can develop a player over 10 games versus 40 games. I mean, they've got to keep doing it. They're basically building women's rugby internationally through that league. So I hope they don't um, limit it. Yeah, Wendy, that's, you know, it's a, it's a good question. You, you talk about the WPL and I know Ryan, when you were on earlier, Ryan asked a question of Robin Cade about, you know, an, an MLR connection. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that in a second here, but you know, from what I've been following, the WPL is, is uh, trying to put together a board to really become, professional and also become more of a you know professional you know not semi-amateur a professional outlet here in terms of the growth for the domestic game is I guess in an ideal world do you see more women's eagles staying here in the U.S. trying to make it a go in the WPL or still Premier 15 Prem 15 is that still a pathway professionally probably for the for the near you know two to three year future yeah, really excited about the WPL's push to go professional, you know, and looking at their calendar, they've got 2023, no out-of-pocket costs for players and baseline standards, so a set of guidelines for everybody, and then expansion to 12 teams in 2024, and then pro by 2025. I think this is fantastic. I'm behind them 100%. I think the Prem is going to be that kind of in-between gap until they get to that professional league um, where they're, you know, got pay players and you know, maybe by year two, they've got some semi-professional players, but I think the Prem is going to, if they allow us, is going to be just a place where we can still grow. Um, and then there's also players that are playing over in uh, South America. We have players in the France League as well, too. Um, and those are, you know, maybe lesser known. They haven't quite made the Eagles squad, but there's other places they can go to get this kind of competition as well. But I think the WPL will become that that place. And then once maybe we come to NCAA, then we've got a really nice feeder to the WPL and then those club programs. And we've got great club programs out there. You know, Nova's won several championships. The Austin Valkyries have gotten second and third the last couple of years. And just thinking about all those programs, Belmont Shore, um, we've got feeders and we've just kind of got to get organized and get each other all on the same page. So we're all supporting the same goal. Do you want to, do we want to avoid uh, major league rugby partnerships? It's a really good question, and I, I definitely go back and forth on this one. I, I think what the Major League Rugby is doing is, is, I mean, it's fantastic, it's great, but are they really developing American rugby players? And I know that that is not necessarily one of their stated goals. They're a business, after all, to make money. But I think where the WPL differs is they are um, growing rugby players um, to be the best that we can be and then feeding our national team. So I don't think necessarily a partnership's out of the realm of things, but I'd like to see us... Um, getting the professional league together and then thinking about maybe a partnership. Um, but that partnership does not mean we're just curtain raisers and we play before them and you get a free ticket to the game. We would want to be full partners um, in that. Yeah. Uh, real quick, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we have, we have uh, YSC rugby's Wendy Young with us to talk about the USA women's program with the rugby world cup coming up. We'd love to have you guys ask some questions. We have another 11 minutes or so. Yeah. Maybe a couple more if we can keep her late. Uh, <laughs> Coming up, let's ask some questions. You can request it down in the bottom left of your screen, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and right on cue, Eric, how are you? Hey, guys. Sorry, I'm, I'm traveling, which is why my uh, I haven't jumped on. Wendy, this is really interesting about the, the, the WPL. Um, 
How do you feel about leveraging the infrastructure of Major League Rugby without the partnership? Because I think what the Prem 15 does is it leverages infrastructure that's already in place. And that's what we don't have here. So I'm wondering, like, from from sort of like leveraging, or are there other places that you think the WPL can leverage infrastructure to, to move more quickly? Hey, Pete, good to hear from you. Good question, too. This is another tough one where uh, I think using the infrastructure makes complete sense, but I think we can also look at the Prem again and even France's league and see that... Um, you know, there's been a couple matches in the past where it was a doubleheader. The women play first or second. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but a lot of the normal, uh, let's have a, a meal before. If you're a VIP ticket, you get the meal. Well, they'll put the meal during the kickoff of the women's game. So the whole stadium's empty. All the VIP people are off in the tent getting some food. So I think we can use the infrastructure, but I think we need to just be really powerful and, and demand uh, what is it was there for us. You know, have a, not be afraid to put our foot down and say, like, you know, let's do the match lunch and let's do the whatever your normal tailgating or whatever the event is. But let's not do it during the women's kickoff. We've got to do that two hours before or whatever. Um, so I say leverage, but let's be really smart and, and know what we're worth and not be afraid to ask. I um, 100 percent agree with that. And I actually think as MLR teams begin to build more of their own or have access to more of their own facilities, I think it's it, it may be much more about pairing seasons. So the women play in the fall and the men play in the spring to mm-hmm. maximize the infrastructure and stadiums that they have, right? Yeah. And, and, ha- and, and, and having, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very much um, a believer of sort of the, the uh, like, as you said, the, like understanding the value. Um, you know, I was talking to someone who said the best sports investment you could have made was buying... Um, an NWSL team five years ago, but no one saw it. Yeah. Like, so yeah. like, like, yeah. like it's the value of the future of the game. It's not the value of the future now, but I think, I think it's hard in the States to be able to, to build a pro league without some sort of partnerships that allow us to access facilities, training facilities, those sorts of resources. I mean, the reality is that the Prem 15 is well-funded but it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't being done off the back of, of, of the men's club structure. And so yeah. I think we need to find a way to, you know, and we could do it through colleges, we can do it in other ways, but we need to find some way to be able to accelerate it. So the players that come out get the elite experience they deserve, playing in stadiums, training in, you know, with, with quality um, support and facilities, all of that stuff is, is stuff that is everywhere in America, but isn't everywhere in rugby. Absolutely agree. Thanks for coming up and, and asking those those great questions. Um, Wendy, taking it back to uh, World Cup, which is just a couple of weeks away here, and talking about the women's Eagles. Are there any play, current Eagles players right now on the roster that are maybe flying under the radar who um, rugby fans should be aware of? Yeah, definitely. I think Kate mentioned a couple of them. I think it's the youth, like Kate said, and, and Rob mentioned, you know, Georgie, um, fantastic, you know, played at sale and you know, did very well there. And she just recently tweeted, you know, somebody told me I was too small. I couldn't do this. And, and she's proven everybody wrong. I think she's a fantastic addition. Having Eddie back is, is, is awesome as well. And then some of the new scrum halves have been very interesting as well. Uh, you know, looking at uh, we've got, you know, Carly Waters is, is super well known, um, but it, having some of the newer uh, kids coming out and kind of changing the pace of the game has been really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think 
when you look at the structure of USA and their attack, it's much more dynamic. It's quicker. Um, it's shifting the ball. I, I think it's really exciting. And I think that the addition of some of these college players and, and young club players is really helping the squad. I'm excited to see what they can do. And, and, and talking about the older players, and I, I did that in quotes, by the way, um, <laughs> you talked about Nick James earlier, but who on these Eagles really excites you the most? I know there's my favorite players. I love watching Dettevo on the wing. You know, like I said, Nick James just running people over. Love watching Kay Zachary controlling the game. You know, who, I guess, you know, I don't know. Who would you have a poster of in the wall? I mean, who, do you, who, do you, who excites you when you're watching the Eagles? Well, I would never call any of them old, but I would say no. <laughs> um, players that I get really excited about, you know, Rachel Johnson, um, yeah. you know, has played for Orsu for years and now with Exeter, just a fantastic player. Just her ability at the breakdown and to put herself in the right place. Just love it. KJ, Catherine Johnson, also just a fantastic player. She's been doing some residency in Houston, so we've actually seen quite a bit of her. Um, but just excited she's still in the program. She's been around for a long time. And then um, I think probably one of our favorites is Joanna Kitlinski. So Kit, um, just a fantastic player and just been a stalwart of this team who does absolutely fly under the radar. But again, another one of those players that does a lot of work and doesn't always get that kind of, you know, that, that recognition as well. All right. So speaking of these Eagles, uh, what are your expectations of them um, in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I'm really excited. I think, you know, like I talked about, the attack is is probably the best we've ever had. The style of play and the dynamicism that we've got going on. I mean, I agree. I think quarterfinals is what I'm I'm hoping for. Mm -hmm. Obviously, those games when we get to quarterfinals get really hard because those top six teams we were talking about. I mean, eight of them are going to be there, but it's going to be tough. You're going to be probably lining up against a, you know, a top four team, top five team. And we're going to have to um, survive that, you know, as well. I'd like to see us continue. You know, we've been getting fifth for the last couple of years. I'd really like to see us getting in that fourth or let's get a third match, a third place in there. And of course would love to win it all. But like I said, England is, is proving to be a very tough opponent. All right. Um, under 60 seconds on TikTok videos. How many takes do you take? <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of cheat because I my professional life has gotten really, really busy. I used to memorize the script and probably did 30 to 40. And and again, my, my wife works from home now and she'd be like, take a break. You're just like stumbling over your words, like stop it. It's so annoying, you know, because I'm in here alone, just yelling at the wall. Um, <laughs> now I use it's not necessarily a teleprompter, but it's an app that kind of um, you write the script. So that probably takes the longest and gathering all the news. And making sure you've got the pronunciations right. Like I messed up a Welsh pronunciation this week. Like I didn't know that an LF is a like an FK in the Welsh language. I was like, okay, how would I know that? You know? And Come on, Wendy, you didn't always, know that? <laughs> yeah, and Google doesn't always help, like because the pronunciation I got was what I thought it was, so that was wrong. Um, but yeah, I generally do it in one to two takes now because I use that teleprompter, which is a really nice tool. Um, so a little sneak behind the scenes there. Oh, that's good to know. That's a good tip. When I have to, what is the name of that app? Uh, I'll have to look it up, but it's, I, I think it's Eclipse is the one that I use. It's, it's an Apple app and it, it crashes yeah. a lot and it's not great. So I probably need to pay for one at this point, but <laughs> free is what you get, right? Look at the app, uh, Teleprompter. There's an app called, just called Teleprompter. And I used to use that more, but uh, my eyes would just be like I was stoned to just kind of be staring into space. So I never I stopped using that. <laughs> yeah, you have to practice. You really do. Like, look at the camera, engage. Bill, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I thought you were going to segue into your myoderm. Uh, promotion, but I guess not there. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Speaking, sticking with 
TikTok. I know that's something that we've been trying to do more with this show and for Eagles Overseas. I have a, a, a 20-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old daughter. I'm trying to get them on board to do it for me because, I don't know, I, I, I saw your post earlier tonight, Wendy, when you're, you're holding up our graphic, which is really cool. And you're, <laughs> I'm watching it going, I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was flickering. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Uh, okay, so so let's go back for a second. Let's uh, you've done some announcing of games, right? Um, yes. You know, let's talk about your first one. You know, how difficult was that for you? Is it laughable now? <laughs> yeah, it was probably one of the USA Sevens events at the sorry uh, uh, Invitational. So the women played outside. So that was also where we worked with Alex Williams, and we <clears throat> excuse me, we streamed the matches. And we were just streaming them with nothing. And then I just like picked up the mic one day and was like, this is boring. I wouldn't watch this. And so I just started talking and I didn't know any of the players' names really. I mean, I knew some USA players, but I didn't know the traveling teams that were there. And at the time it wasn't always like a Canada team. It would be like the Maple Leafs team or, you know, or or like the um, Lily Blues uh, as well. So you never knew their names. You didn't get a roster. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely cursed multiple times on a on a broadcast and also you would say something that you maybe thought was funny and then about a player possibly and then the player would be like why'd you say that and you're like oh, i was just trying to be funny you know and so you learn kind of that balance of um you know you need to speak to the player before you use their their nickname that, that their team uses um i think dallin stanford's gotten into that a little bit too oh, yeah. accidentally <laughs> oops that was a nickname that's a private nickname kind of thing um and then i've tried to get better at the analysis part of it. Cause I was very much a, uh, I can talk about the game and I can tell you what's happening in front of me, but that period of time where there's dead time and we've got a player injured or something and you're, you're looking to recap. I was not good at that. And I had to start taking notes and, and really understand, you know, why are they kicking right now? And instead of just saying, you know, they're kicking because it's, they're just trying to exit. It's really trying to understand they're trying to push the defense back and then open up space in the middle of the field uh, that took a long time for me to kind of grow and get comfortable towards. Um, but it's something I really enjoy. And I think it's, it's a different way to kind of think about the game as well. All right, Wendy, last thing here. So in my research on you, I was very pleased to find out, you mentioned your, your playing days, but you were a member of the USA rugby women's national team player pool. So that's very cool. But what has been your favorite memory on the pitch as a player? Oh man, there's yeah, it's I, I, I retired in 2011, so I'm trying to think. I've gone back pretty far because I, I refereed for a long time. I think probably probably my first match, you know, because and this is I've told this story a lot too, and I'll tell it quickly. But we, I was at a, at a bar with my friends, and we literally were all of us were like, we've got to play sports. We'd all played sports our whole lives, and kind of took a break. And we got a flyer at the bar that was like a football flyer. So um, a gridiron football. And then we got a rugby flyer and we split. I had four friends and we just split and two of us went to football and then two of us went to rugby. And I went to rugby with my other best friend and we called afterwards and we're like, we're never going to football. Like we just found, found the best sport of our life. It's fantastic. And again, it was at the university of Oklahoma and unbeknownst to me, they'd had a lot of turnover. So there were two veterans on the team. It was player coached. And we had a game that weekend. So we all played, you know, we had 13 rookies on the field. I was a scrum half. I had no idea what I was doing. I just yelled at everybody and we (laughs) lost and we didn't really know what we were doing, but it was so fun. And we went camping afterwards and got to know our teammates some more and um, just a really good experience. And, you know, playing soccer, I never hung out with my opponents. We, We play you lose, you go home, you win, you go home. You, you yeah. never saw your opponent. So it was really weird to me to be like, wait, we're going to go have lunch with them or dinner. Like what? 
So the social aspect beyond that I was finally allowed to hit someone um, was really what drew me the community um, was really what drew me and, and going and partying and, and hanging out with that team was really cool and something I'd never done before. All right, Wendy Young, thank you so much for joining us. We love what you do with YSC Rugby. Keep it going. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Such an honor and um, yeah, really fun. Now it's a blast. We'll do it again one day. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Have a good one. Everyone else, uh, thank you so much for listening. It was a great show tonight. Um, excellent stuff to talk about. Uh, tune in uh, every Thursday. Also, there may be a time change and day change coming up. We'll talk about that later. And also, please be sure to check out MayaDurham.com and you get yourself 20% off with the discount code EAGLES. Everybody, have a great night. Have a great weekend. Go USA Eagles. Go USA Eagles.